Well, it's definitely an exciting time to be a Phoenix Suns fan. We have brand new The Valley jerseys officially released today. See, we got kind of a a mock-up Suns Jam Session shirt following the same kind of color palette. You also have the fact that the renovated arena is nearing completion. So says Jay, our good friend at Fanning the Flames, drove by the the new training facility. That's, you know, done. All these great things are starting to happen for the Phoenix Suns. And now there's CP3 talk in the air. So we're potentially becoming that free agent destination that both Matthew and I have talked about for so long. And although this is via trade, not free agent, this is one of those situations where that player is seeking out Phoenix. So good things are starting to happen for the Phoenix Suns organization. It's an exciting time to be a member of the Suns and to be a member of Suns Nation. So welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. I'm John. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined, as per usual, by Matthew. Matthew, exciting times, my man. Dude, super exciting. You know what's really overlooked is uh, the Dario Saric coming back next year. Gambo said. I saw that. I have his jersey on. I am pumped, and next season is going to be brilliant, dude, because there's so much going on right now. I almost am scared to, you know, wake up. And honestly, I think I'm scared of hot dogs right now, trying not to die, trying not to choke on something so I don't exist anymore before this next season starts. No, yeah, you need to be around for this next season. Now, the nice thing is that next season's right around the corner, but Lee, you know, do everyone a favor, uh, avoid any phallical foods that you might choke on right matthew because we need you yes. to be around for the sun's jam session window. podcast you you, you got to be here because great things are happening in phoenix uh this or is gonna be really want to do it without me <laughs> no 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 because this is the jam session podcast john and matthew session right. podcast this can't be die. the sun's j session podcast people think i'm <laughs> token token blunts in here it's like what's this guy doing he's the eyes out I mean, with yeah, the bags under my go, eyes, I always down. look a little stone, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to welcome everybody to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Again, he's Matthew. I'm John. Uh, super excited for this episode. You know, for those of you who are watching for the first time, please remember to press the subscribe button if you're watching via YouTube and hit the little bell to remind you whenever we go live, which is typically on Sundays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Arizona st- uh, Arizona time. If you're listening to this podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, it's thoroughly appreciated. I'll throw up the little icons on the side of the screen to remind everybody that that's what we do here. Uh, one thing that's going to be really exciting about this podcast is the fact that it, it's funny how fate's kind of worked out. About two weeks ago, we reached out to our good buddy uh, Flex from Jersey. Um, we were getting ready for our draft primer. Uh, I know that I'm a big fan of the way that Flex kind of looks at the bat at the game of basketball. You know, somebody who's very involved in basketball. He's coached in the past, and I think we both agreed. Right, like, we need to get Flex on here and just talk about the prospects, right? Yeah, definitely. And then something happened with the CP3 thing. But besides that, I mean, we had him on. We want to have him on basically to go over the draft. So I had to study for two weeks hard to keep up with this guy. So hopefully I'm prepared. I have my KOC draft board on the side, but also my notes as well. But we'll see how this mm-hmm. goes, if I can hang or not. Yeah, so obviously, <laughs> I hope so. Because I'm going to be asking both you and Flex kind of what your thoughts are on different prospects as as draft day is less than a week away. So yeah. and I'll ask it's you exciting. As well. Yeah, and I'll be like, man, whatever Flex says. I'm just going to agree with Flex on everything he says. I just want to, you know. Uh, but obviously, you know, now all the CP3 news has kind of been breaking, and he's been at the tip of that iceberg, the tip of that spear as that's been going on. So we're going to ask him a little bit about that, and we're going to do our draft primer. Sound good, Matthew? Sounds fantastic. Well, I got to crack a beer, and I have something kind of interesting this time. Uh, my good friend Josh at Four Peaks gave me one of their seasonals that's going to be coming out pretty soon. This is called Cool Beans. Cool Beans Vanilla Coffee Porter. So let's crack this bad boy open, see what it tastes like. It looks delicious. It does. 
Let's talk Suns, baby. I can officially verify that this Cool Beans vanilla coffee porter is fan-fucking-tastic. This is delicious beer. Um, So I think it's, you know, without further ado, I think it's time to bring in our good buddy. He hasn't been on the podcast with us since, I want to say, June. I I feel like the the last dance was the hot topic when when Flex was last on with us. But uh, I'd like to bring in Flex. Flex from Jersey. How you doing, man? My guys, my guys. What's up, man? Good Good to see you. Good to be back with y'all, man. That was too long. June is too long, man. For us yeah. Not to this, you know, we can't be well, doing breaks, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's been too long of a break, but you've been a busy guy. You know, I know that you and Dan Duarte started your own podcast, the Coast to Coast Pod, since we last spoke. And I just got to ask you, man, how are you liking that podcast life? I love it, man. It's a lot of fun, man. I mean, me and Dan got some great chemistry, man. Uh, it's, it's been like that since day one, man. And um, it's just a nice little avenue for us to go and communicate with the fans and, and, and talk about the things that sometimes I'll throw out there on Twitter. It's hard to get a lot out on with 120 characters, right? So having a yeah, podcast yeah. Is, is, is pretty useful. But again, man, I love it, man. We got great chemistry, man. I'm looking forward to season two. Episode one dropped the other day. I was a little bit of an emergency pod. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it probably wasn't the best production, but I, you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you got to rush through things. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We're gonna have a, a lot of fun. Um, it's gonna be hard catching up with you guys, though, man. You guys, you guys, wow. I mean, I'm no. I'm, I'm super impressed, man. I mean, you guys are top of the line right now. So we got to step it up. <laughs> uh, you guys already caught up. Really interesting content. You guys actually have really good chemistry as well. Um, so you already caught up. I mean, you already started your new season, so you're right here with us. We all do this together, man. There's no yes. competition. We all have each other on each other's podcasts, which is great. So I'm very excited to have you on, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. I can't wait for I've been waiting for two weeks, man. I, I'm, I'm super excited. I know. I've been excited, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because, like, Fanny the Flames always has Dan on their podcast, and then we bring you onto our podcast. So the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network definitely works hand-in-hand with uh, the Coast, Coast Pod, we're gonna have to do something where we switch. You got to go on Fan and Flames. We got to bring Dan on here. You know, just yeah, yeah. keep it that's going. Gotta that's gotta happen. And then, yeah, and then you got to promise to come on Coast to Coast, both of you. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. You know. So, is everyone staying safe in Jersey? Everybody good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Family's good. Everybody's good. straight. Um, you know, numbers are going up with this COVID thing, and we just pray everybody stay healthy. You know, we're doing all the basics: washing the hand, wearing the mask, social distance. You know, all the stuff that we can do to uh, to keep safe. But yeah, everything's good, man. Um, I'm good. You guys are saying, man. Good. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics here. You know, fast and furious. Obviously, we brought you on this podcast because there's a ton of prospects that we want to talk about. But everything is is flying all over Twitter, and it has to do with CP3. Uh, you know, again, for those of you who have not listened to the latest Coast to Coast podcast, listen to that. Must listen if you're a Suns fan because Flex really gives a, a good idea as to how everything's kind of working behind the scenes. Um, I don't want to go too far and and to step on the toes of that podcast, but you know, you recorded that uh, yesterday or the day before. You know, mm-hmm. what updates can you give, and 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 you know, what are you seeing kind of from your sources? Um, I, I can say this, man. Um, I know people are, are antsy. I know people want news right now. Um, but I will say from from my sources, uh, you know, within the last couple of hours, uh, I was told something interesting. And 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 what I was told was um, no news is good news for the Phoenix Suns right now. 
um, in the CP situation. And that's because there's so many moving parts. There's so many things being done behind the scenes that uh, no news is is probably the best thing that can happen because, uh, you know, the ideal situation, at least for what I'm hearing from my sources is, um, and it's something we discussed, you know, there is an opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to use their cap space and to use CP3 as kind of a conduit to negotiate with some people behind the scenes, which is an extremely unique situation when you think about how the NBA is run. I mean, it's very rarely, I think I tweeted this last night and I want to reiterate this. This is nowhere near your conventional deal. Like a player never gets traded and knows about it. <laughs> like, like no one's calling Kelly Oubre and saying, Hey, you're traded, dude. He's going to find out when he finds out mm-hmm. um, in this situation, they're allowing CP um, unprecedented, uh, control and access to the situation. I mean, he's negotiating with the Suns. He's negotiating behind the scenes. I mean, I, you know, I've been told from my contacts that um, he's reaching out to his contacts and seeing if there's a way to uh, maybe collaborate with someone. I don't want to go too far and, and say too much, but um, again, none of that can happen if, if we hear something today. If you hear something today, um, then that means that we decided to go a different route. And uh, there's so many dynamics, so many layers to this, that uh, it's just something that's going to take some time. And again, I know people are going to get antsy, but uh, I promise you, from when I'm hearing, no news is good news. So sleep, sleep well, Planet Orange. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Do you think um, the Suns, they had the best package, right? You think to get CP3? I think a lot of teams might be going after him. Maybe um, I don't have any sources or anything, but maybe like the Knicks or some other team as well. But do you think there's another package out there that the, um, I don't know, like that another team can give? Um, whatever. No, listen, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the caveat. Um, it doesn't so much matter. And again, this is from direct sources as at this moment, it doesn't so much matter what the package is as much as it matters what Chris Paul wants. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because, because he's really driving this and, you know, Oklahoma city's in a weird situation. You know, they've got a new GM, they've got a new coach. They're, they're, they're doing a lot of transitions. They're in a small market. They're hemorrhaging money. Um, You know, they know the cap is going to be flat for a couple of years. They're expecting to lose a lot of money. And so they're, they're trying to make a deal similar to the, Paul George deal where that was a deal that was negotiated behind the scenes for a long time that people had no idea was coming. Um, but they have a, you know, Sam Presti has a history of working with players. <clears throat> and what I'm told is uh, Chris Paul wants to be a Phoenix Sun, man. And that's, that's where it, that's pretty much where it begins and where it ends. He, he initiated this. There are teams that are interested, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's a perfect storm, man. The Phoenix Suns have the right pieces at the right time. Uh, the right contracts and the attention of the right person. And uh, I, it's, it's, I, I can't reiterate it enough, man. It's the perfect storm. I, I think this is Phoenix Suns or nothing. Mm-hmm. At this point, that's what I'm hearing. And um, again, no trade is concrete, man. Anything can happen. Anything can break down. And if that were to happen, then I can imagine there are some teams that could try to get creative. But for right now, we're, we're definitely the front runner by, by a mile. Isn't it nice that James Jones is kind of following that Sam Presti uh, archetype of a GM of somebody who works with players? Because I feel like that's something that Ryan McDonough really didn't do well. And, you know, working with Rubio, working with uh, uh, Kelly Oubre and trying to find the right fit for them, because I know that it's been 
uh, speculated that multiple teams are involved. And my assumption is, you know, one, to make finances work, but two, to work out what's best for those players is, is the way that James Jones is kind of approaching that's like, listen, you know, Ubre, if we got to get rid of you, which is really unfortunate on a day where they just released all the Valley gear and it's just, it's, you know, Ubre's, it's his signatures on all of this type of stuff. And, but they're trying to find that place where it would be a nice fit and that he wants to go play. And it sounds like that's kind of what's working. You know, the, the latest tweets that I saw that you were putting out, you know, yesterday was, you know, there, there's two to, you know, there's three to four teams that potentially could be involved in this. Correct. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know what? It's funny. I'm, I'm so glad, man. This is why I love working with you guys. Cause you, it, that, that question you just asked is something that I actually got off the phone with someone recently and we were talking about and I'm going to tell you something. This is this is direct information. I was told from a source uh, that's got connections around the league that said the Phoenix Suns front office is operating at an all time high as far as the perception of the league right now. OK, I was told verbatim and I was going to tweet this. So I'm glad I'm glad you asked this, man. So I say save the time with the fingers. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, you know, James Jones, what I was told was first. Uh, this will not even come close to happening under the old regime. Number two, James Jones's relationships, character, and the way he handles business is coming is is paying dividends right now for the Phoenix Suns. Okay, this is the guy that's got the respect of the GM. He's got the respect of the players, and he's solidified the Suns' stands. This this is all what I'm hearing. Their stances. This is not the old regime. We're going to do things in a class. In, in, in a class act, we're going to be class acts about everything. We're going to do things in a, in a proper manner. We're going to try to treat players with respect. And uh, and other GMs are taking notice. And I'm, I'm being told that, again, from my source, that the Suns right now are being looked at as a five, top five, top ten front office, the way they're just operating. And, and it's not – this isn't new. Um, the perception has been changing for a long time. Since James has been in there, it's been changing. The hiring of Monty took that to another level. And uh, Jeff Bauer is doing an incredible job as well. And he's got some great relationships. And then the caveat here, too, is that I'm, I'm, I'm being told that Sarver is letting them do their job. So um, this is this is all positive. And again, I, I want to say something, guys, about Robert Sarver. I know he gets a lot of flack and there's a lot of stuff going on. But I can promise you, if this comes to fruition the way we're hoping it does, this is all about Robert Sarver. Robert Sarver is going to have to decide if he wants to write this big check in mm-hmm. a pandemic where you might lose half your games with no fans and, 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 and every owner is expected to lose about $50 million. So if he's willing to write a tax check under those circumstances, that commitment of Phoenix is impeccable. That's that's you got to give respect where respect is due. So yes, I, I to answer your question in short, man, um, James Jones is doing a great job and the league is recognizing it. So it's paying dividends. That's awesome, dude. So on the court, though, I mean, DeAndre Ayton, I feel like will he'll he'll I feel like he'll benefit the most from adding Chris Paul. But do you think DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, is that like a number three or four seed in the West? Because I even saw like Skip Bayless going on uh, on on his show, and he was saying that the Suns actually might be a powerhouse, something that the league needs to look out for. Like, is this something that you think might be true? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I spoke to somebody yesterday that said the, the, the Phoenix, there's GMs that are scared right now about. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. Um, I This is this is directly from someone that I trust. I, I trust dearly. And he told me, hey, man, the perception around the league is that, you know, his sons might be a sleeping giant right now, man. I mean, they got the right 24 year old superstar. 
Um, the DeAndre Ayton thing, I'm, I'm going to say something, man. I think, I think a lot of people that questioned that pick, um, when you see this thing come to fruition and you see the, 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 the format and, the, and, and kind of the blueprint of what they're doing, uh, you're going to be pretty happy that we selected DeAndre Ayton <laughs> um, because he's going to be an intricate part of this. I think Chris Paul, you know, I, I know emphatically, again, I, you know, I don't, I want, I don't want to go too, too crazy um, in respect to my sources, but uh, part of the Chris Paul decision is I want to play with Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is the best 24-year-old on the planet and it's his team, and I, and I want to be part of that. And I think DeAndre Ayton could be a megastar. I think he could be a superstar. And it's going to be some tough love, but I think his game is going to translate. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, man. Well, he's going to need that tough love. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, I I really think somebody needs to bring it out of DeAndre Ayton. I think that Monty Williams has kind of laid the foundation. And if you bring in CP3 into this team, you definitely going to have somebody who he respects and will listen to. But I guess – you know, as I look at CP3, you know, it's, it's exciting to hear. It's exciting to know that we are a potential uh, destination for such a big name. It's been since Nash, since that's happened. You know, but obviously the downside of this is the fact that this is a 35-year-old point guard. And if you look at history, 35, you know, and above, as far as point guards are concerned, it, history isn't very kind to them. And, I, you know, I guess, I, what, what do you think about him holding up physically? Because I feel like... You know, if you look at his this past season at OKC, he played, I think, 70 out of 72 games, which is great. He also had his lowest minutes per game and yeah. his lowest assist output per game. But that's because they were running that three-guard system where they had SGA and Schroeder as well. Do you think yeah. the Suns have the ability to mirror something like OKC did in an effort to keep Chris Paul very, you know, as healthy as possible? Because that's that's going to be the big challenge. I mean, if we bring in Chris Paul here and he's not healthy, we, we lose. No, absolutely. And I, I think I tell you what, the intriguing thing about the situation is that Chris Chris Paul knows this. And and this is part of his this is what this is part of what's enticing him to Phoenix. OK, he's he's looked around the league and he said, you know what, I, I know where I'm at in my career. I know I'm not done. He's actually feels rejuvenated. And he, I believe he's got a couple, maybe two, maybe even three good years left in the tank. But. I believe the difference is, is that I don't think Chris Paul, you can take Chris, you could take uh, James Harden and you could kind of throw him into the mix. But um, I think CP feels like Chris, Devin Booker might be the best player he ever played with. I mean, uh, you know, in, emphatically, wow. he, he, he thinks Devin Booker is that good. And if he gets, you know, if you put him on a team with Devin Booker and you're, and you're focusing and letting Devin Booker be Devin Booker, uh, there's a very good likelihood, man, that we could be looking at a team that, you know, Chris Paul might be the third wheel or the fourth wheel. You know, you're still going to have DeAndre Ayton being DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Mikael Bridges is taking a step. Uh, Cam Johnson is is phenomenal, and I'm telling you, they are so hyped about this kid. Uh, Devin Booker, there's not a, there's probably not a player on the team Booker trusts more than Cam Johnson, man. So um, there's a there's a lot of good things going on with that, and I think that Chris Paul with that type of talent, I think he's going to be able to pace himself a lot more than people think. I think he's going to be able to play his game, let Booker dominate early. And then when we need him in the fourth quarter, he does CP things. You know what I mean? But I really do think that this is a, a, a perfect fit for him at the right time. And I also think it unlocks, like I said, it unlocks another thing, another another part of DeAndre Ayton. And I think you, the world is not 
ready for what you're about to see from this kid, Devin Armani Booker, man. Um, this, this kid's ready to explode. I think he can be an MVP candidate next year. And I do think to answer the other question, I, I think this team could be a top four team in the West. And if they make some of the moves we're thinking about doing over the weekend before the trade, okay, um, watch out, man, watch out because the Phoenix Suns might be, uh, you know, on the top of the NBA map and, and could be a team that no one wants to play next season. Yeah, Booker's definitely a guy now. I think that he's someone that you can fear. That was always a big thing last year. We don't really have anybody that uh, other teams fear, but Booker's becoming that guy. CP3 is that guy and always is that, always has been. He's that guy in the bubble where I don't know if did he play the fourth quarter when we played OKC? I don't yeah. think he did. Mm-hmm. But he he's just like it's like thank God he did not because he's the guy that other teams fear. And I love that we're gonna have two guys. Well, if this happens, of course, two guys in the fourth quarter that can finish a game that you just can't stop. And that's just I, I don't know. I'm drooling right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna take a couple uh uh questions from the chat, if you will. Yes. Um, first and foremost, uh, I just gotta let you know, Flex, that Daniel is actually here. Uh says I'm just <laughs> here, so Flex doesn't find me. <laughs> so shout out to Dan Duarte. You can follow him at Dan Duarte89. He is the co-host of the Coast to Coast Pod, which again is a uh, a must listen. I'm so glad you guys are making pods again, man. I love listening to you guys. Yeah, it's good um, stuff. Th- this is a really good question uh, from Reese Straw. Will the Suns keep the 10th pick in a CP3 trade? What, do, what are you hearing about that, Flex? Extremely fluid, man. Extremely yeah. fluid, man. Listen, um, it's changing like the weather. <laughs> it's, it's changing like the weather, man. Um, I, you know, at this time last night, uh, a lot of the information I was getting was that the Suns fully intend to keep this pick and fully intend to go into this draft as if they're drafting a player for themselves. Uh, with that said, man, things, things changing. Like I said, things are changing like the weather. And um, I, I said this to Dan, there is a, I, there is a thought, and I know some people might get mad about this because there's a lot of people that just want, they, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. And, and they want everything. They want CP and they want a star power forward and they want the 10th pick. And you got to realize that, uh, you got to give something to get something, man. And if this is the opportunity to get Chris Paul, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill this deal for the tenth pick. And yeah. it's not a secret yes. that OKC wants it. So OKC does want it. Uh, they'd be a fool not to ask for it. Um, but there is, a, there is a possibility. I will say this w- without saying too much. Um, the Suns want to keep it. Uh, there's a chance they could drop down. Okay, still have a first round pick, but not have the tenth pick. If that's not saying too much, yep, yep. There is a situation in which um, that's very likely, um, and so it's it's fluid, man. Um, the, again, I, I'll I'll put it at fifty fifty. I know people don't want to hear that because it's fifty fifty. It's pretty lame, but um, it, it's right now it's fifty fifty, man. There's a chance they can keep it, and there's a chance that it could be included. And if if you don't mind me, another ten seconds just to say. Um, there's an idea that the 10th pick may not play much for the Suns next year, mm-hmm. even if we kept it. Okay. Um, there's, there's other things going on. There's other people being contacted. CP's working the phones. He's got a big Rolodex <laughs> and, and there may be people that will be willing to come slide in for lack of better word and play a similar role than that rookie would play. That's a little bit more seasoned. 
and is willing to say, hey, I'll take a lower deal for 72 games to play with that guy, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. And so that's part of it, too. Like, you know, do you take the 10th pick and bury him at the end of the bench? Depends on who it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, so LeBron James is coming here next year because he saw those awesome yeah, fucking jerseys yeah. and CP3's talk. I love this. I love this. <laughs> Welcome to Phoenix, LeBron. I was Matthew actually will thinking, be so happy. Yeah, if LeBron came and he was asked, he has to get traded here, it would suck for Anthony Davis, right? He just got there. He needs like at least one more year with um, LeBron just to shadow him. But besides that, dude, LeBron coming here, maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, shout out to Justin in the chat. Uh, don't be insulting. We're a number one seed. Easy. You know, yes. that's our good buddy, Justin over fan in the flames, the ever optimist, Justin, much appreciated. Wait, well, yeah. you know, yeah, God, God bless him. Uh, <laughs> so, so thinking, you know, as we talk about the number 10 pick and I think it would behoove us, you know, if, if possible to keep that pick, you know, I, I know the, the, the talking of trading down and things of that nature, but it would behoove us to try to potentially bring in that point guard to mm-hmm. learn under CP three, because, you know, campaign, Javon Carter, you kind of know what you have in those guys. Elio Kobo for sure. Uh, Ty Jerome might be gone, you know, even as a part of this trade. So it might behoove us to take that pick and maybe even take Justin's favorite guy, Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> but, but this could be a nice transition into our prospect review. You know, that's the reason that we originally reached out to you a couple of weeks ago and wanted to have you back on the pod was to hear kind of your points of view on a bunch of these different prospects because you're a student of the game. You know, you've been watching some of these players and I just wanted to kind of get both yours and Matthew's ideas on some of these players. I guess, you know, as, as we go down this, this rabbit hole of these prospects, hopefully one last time, because this has literally been the longest I've ever researched a, a draft class, and I'm just tired of saying these names. I wanted to kind of just get initially flex. What are your thoughts on this draft class? Do you see numerous diamonds in the rough, or is it a group of career role players? No, there's some diamonds in the rough here, guys. Um, I tell you what. So here's the thing about this draft. Very reminiscent. And it's crazy that this is a draft where you have LaMelo Ball. Very reminiscent of that Lonzo Ball draft. Extremely reminiscent of that Lonzo Ball draft. When you look back at that draft, three of the top four players in that draft are barely NBA players. Okay, Josh Jackson's in the G League. Markel Fultz is hanging on to dear life. And Lonzo Ball is probably going to get traded again and be on his third team real soon. Okay, so um, in that top four, you had Jason Tatum, right? So yeah, um, this draft is very reminiscent of that. I think every draft, if you do your, your research and you look into it, even the, the worst draft, the Anthony Bennett draft, there's a guy named Giannis Akedekumpo that landed somewhere in that draft, right? So yeah. there's open. There's always a diamond in the rough in every draft. You just got to find them, and it may be a little more difficult in this draft, but they're there. Uh, there's a handful of guys that I absolutely love, and I think that uh, this is going to be a draft that you're going to find those guys in the, maybe you know later, mid to late first round. Um, okay. The top of the draft is, is, is something that I'm not too high on. But there are guys out there. So, yeah, I, I would say that there's, there's, there's a handful of players that I think can be absolute studs uh, going forward in this draft. Well, do you think it's better for them just uh, for the Suns to trade back then or to keep the 10th pick? I think the 10th pick, it's honestly a good spot because some guys might fall like an Obi Toppin or you can even get like a Kyra Lewis, Kyra Lewis, excuse me, Jr., who I feel like a lot of Suns fans love. And I think that there's a lot of guys now that we had so much time to really – look at these guys it's like 
maybe keeping the 10th pick because before, before we were like trade the pick but now you can trade it maybe move back and get one of these guys but what do you prefer though do you prefer going back or just keeping the 10th pick um I, again i'm, I'm we're going to talk like the sons are keeping a pick because i know emphatically they're trying okay so we're yeah. gonna premise that they're actually going to get what they want and keep that pick and maybe work out some way to maybe send, you know, maybe send OKC if they're high, if they want to pick, maybe send a protected first, a future protected first or, or something of that nature. So on the, on the premise that they're keeping the pick, the 10 spot is the sweet spot for this draft. I think, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's going to be maybe two or three guys that I got ranked extremely high on my board that are going to be there at 10. Um, but I also will say that, I, I see a scenario where they can drop down to maybe 15 and still get one of those guys that I'm talking about. So um, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things being discussed and and don't rule out if Phoenix actually decides to keep this pick or is allowed to keep this pick in this transaction, that there may be another transaction on draft night that allows them to drop back, pick up an asset, and then maybe use that asset in the CP3 trade. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a scenario that I heard is something that they're looking into because I know there's a handful of teams behind them that covered some of the guys that you could just, you just discussed. And I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, I think 10 is a really nice spot for the Suns. but I, I would go so far as to say, I think they can drop down to about 15 and still get a really good basketball. Player. It's funny. Cause like this time last week, this was so easy. And we were prepping and doing our initial prep for this podcast. And so he's like, yeah, let's name the picks and you tell us who you think we should get. And boom. Now it's like with this CP3 layer added on top of it, it's like a draft within a trade, within a, you know, a free agency. It's like, it's like inception going into this. So it's really, it's like you said, I think the best word to utilize is fluid. Um, As you go down the draft road, you, you know, I guess the way I've been kind of explaining it to people is, you know, the, the first fork in the road is keep the pick or trade it. Okay. Once you kind of decide, okay, I'm going to go down the road of keep the pick. Then you come to this next fork in the road and you, okay, what do we need? What do you feel our, our need is? Is it a guard, a wing or a big? So if you were to choose that fork in the road, which one would you go down flex? Okay. So on the premise of, uh, you know, some of the information I'm privy to, um, assuming we make this trade, I, I think we can talk about, you know, I can freely talk about the fact that I think we all understand Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre are probably going to be out in this deal. Okay. So it's kind of a pick your poison thing as far as what I'm hearing from my sources and my contacts, you know, close to the team and, and around the league is that um, it's, it's, it's something that they're really struggling with. If you get rid of Kelly Oubre and, and you got a certain guy at 10, that can fill that spot that Kelly just left that's, that's vacant now because of Kelly being gone, uh, you would go wing. Okay. Because at that point you replace your starting point guard and Ricky Rubio, you replaced him with CP and then you literally replaced Kelly with your 10 pick. So that would be ideal, but there's also the, the belief that um, they'd love a point guard if the right one is there. So that what I'm trying to say is, um, it's, it's going to be literally who drops. Um, I think they are very high on two or three point guards. Um, and I do have those names. So we'll talk about it later, but there's two mm-hmm. or three guys that they really love at the point guard spot. And there's two or three wings that they like too. So it all depends on who drops and, uh, and what's going on on draft night. But if, if you're putting gun in my head, 
I am a little bit enticed about one of these point guards being able to learn on the CP for two years, uh, knowing that there's a little tread on those tires, right? We know CP's mm-hmm. 35, and, you know, when he's 37, if you can pass the keys over to one of these top-flight point guards, uh, you don't miss a beat, and you got him on a rookie contract. And and and, and he was, uh, you know, he was un- under CP for two years. Hi, who, who's a better mentor for a young point guard? Um, to take the keys to the to the Lamborghini than than one of these guys under CP. So again, it's a fluid situation. Gun to my head, if I'm being honest, um, I'd love. I think we can fill the wing uh, the wing spot and in, in some other avenues via free agency. So if it's one or two of these guys, I would go point guard and let him learn under uh, under Chris Paul. Well, let's start there then. Let's go ahead and I'm going to start bringing up some different names that are currently available in the draft. And I just want to you know get get the flex stamp of approval you know is this guy good is this guy not what do you see what do you don't see from his game and is it somebody that we feel is attainable for the suns you know like the first guy i'll ask you about is anthony edwards you know anthony edwards ain't going to fall to 10 and i highly doubt now given everything that's going on that the suns are going to move up in any way shape or form to try to snag anthony edwards but what is kind of i'll I'll bring up these different names you know matthew and i will just go back and forth and we'll bring up a name and i just want to hear kind of what flex thinks on him how about that okay yeah anthony Anthony edwards Anthony Edwards, man, not a fan, not a fan at all, man. Yes, thank you. I I I saw his pro day. Um, I analyzed yeah. the tape uh, extremely thoroughly, and I tell you what, um, I'm not sold that his jump shot is going to translate to the NBA. Um, I'm not sold that he's going to be much of a factor on the other end of the court defensively. Uh, he's an athletic freak, but um, I'm I'm just not a fan of Anthony Edwards, and I tell you what, he's pretty low on my draft board. He's, he's not he's not very high on my draft board. And I can tell you, uh, if the Suns had the first pick, uh, they wouldn't take Anthony Edwards. And if they had the second or third pick, they wouldn't take Anthony Edwards. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with Anthony Edwards, man. I think uh, if I can give you an analogy, I'm not saying verbatim player. I'm talking more about uh, the way I think things can play out for that kid. Um you know, it screams a lot of Andrew Wiggins. It just does. Oh, it, yeah. it just screams a guy that, you know, had a ton of hype, but I don't think is ever going to live to the expectation that they put on. So a uh, hard pass on Anthony Edwards. So he's a perfect Minnesota pick then, right? Number one. I mean, yeah. what do you, what do you got to lose? I mean, someone that's not really going to fit in, but you're right about his pro day too. But I heard that a lot of times where, he would show up one day for a good workout. The next day, he just wouldn't. So it's it's whether or not he wants to bring it. He has all the skills like you would want in a guy that size, I mean, in his length. But it's just whether or not he has a motor. And then you have to worry about the coaching staff. I mean, who can coach him and all that stuff. It's just a headache, really. I mean, of course, he's not going to fall out of the top 10 or even top five. But it's just it's crazy to think a team has to pick this guy probably in the top five. And for me too, I just I don't I don't like him at all either. I've I've never been a big fan of him. So, all right. So n- next up, I'll ask uh, Matthew, and then I'll go back to Flex. Matthew, what do you think of Killian Hayes? Well, Killian Hayes, he's interesting. I think that it would be good for him to get on a team where he can learn behind a point guard. Um, I think he has a lot of potential. I mean, have you ever seen the movie where I, it's an Angelina Jolie movie where she had to like you had to like. You have to like bend a bullet or something around things that kill somebody. I don't know. Stupid oh movie. yeah. But I was, but watching this guy, it's like he can curve the ball basically in midair to get to where it wants to go, which is really insane. Um, but yeah, the step back three, he has that. Um, 
he's going to be, he's an awesome playmaker, but I think it's just going to take time for him. I think maybe two or three years behind somebody. So if you were to drop a course to 10, which he's like up and down on every draft board, you don't know where he's going to be chosen. Maybe the Suns have a chance. I doubt it. I think a team will take a chance within the top, within the top five. They'd be smart to do so, but he would have to sit. I would think for maybe two or three years before he can actually come in and be somebody that can be of a value, I think on an offense. Flex, what do you think? All right, guys, this is going to get interesting, okay? Uh, that's, <laughs> my top, that's my top guy on the board. He's, nice. he's, my, he's my top guy on the board. Um, I think the kid is fantastic. Um, this is a kid playing in a grown man league in Germany. Um, I think there's a little bit of talk about his three-point percentage. I think he shot 29% from the field in, in the league in Germany. But I also believe that when I watch the tape, there's a lot of attention being thrown that kid's way. And, um, and, th- and that happens. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good NBA players that shot 30% for a season. They got much better. Um, but this kid screams. Uh, he just oozes talent, man. He's got the step back three, silky smooth game. You can tell his IQ is off the charts. And I'm going to tell you something. He's NBA ready defensively right now. He's ahead of the curve defensively. So he's a two-way guard, 6'5", 280. I mean, 6'5", 180. A six-eight wingspan uh, knows how to play the game, man. I mean, just has the it factor, and uh, I, I can throw a couple comparisons, man. I'm gonna throw one that I, I you know, this is just something I see. Um, he reminds me a heck of a lot of a of a guy that killed the Phoenix Suns for a long time, in Mono Ginobili. Oh, yeah. Um, just absolutely, just has that it factor. I think he can explode when he wants to. I think that's going to improve. His IQ is, I'm telling you, it's off the charts offensively. This kid has everything in the bag. Now, I agree with you. Uh, it could take a couple years for everything to connect, and this is why I'm super intrigued if the Suns can get their hands on him because yeah. there's no better situation than being able to learn on the CP. Um, and I think you can see the type of trajectory. If, if we were to get our hands on Killian Hayes, I think you'll see a similar outlook that you saw with Shai Gilgis-Alexander under, under CP how that growth kind of just, uh, you know, that maturation just happened overnight uh, because it's, it's just a whole different level when you're practicing every day with a guy like CP. But, uh, yeah, on uh, he's number one on my board, man. Um, and I think him and Devin Booker, especially with the length, man. I mean, you're talking about a 6'5", yeah. along with another 6'6", six, six, uh, you know, two guard and Devin Booker. They could both stretch the floor, shoot from anywhere, and create their own shots. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's a surprise or I don't know if people are going to kill me over this. That's that's my number one guy, man. That's oh. my guy, top guy on my draft board. You and Kevin O'Connor, man. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you're, you're not alone. Trust me. I, I think a lot of people are a big fan of Killian Hayes. And uh, Steve Holler brought up a good point in the chat. He says he really likes him, but Gambo said they won't take him. And that was kind of, you know, one of the things John Gambadoro did locally today was talk about a bunch of different prospects and who the Suns are interested in and who they're not interested. So, but I agree with you, yeah. Flex. He, he's the kind of guy, Killian Hayes is. You get him at number 10, if you walk away from this draft knowing that you have something special, and especially if the CP3 thing uh, you know, kind of comes to fruition, you know you have something special for the next few years. So I think that that's uh, one of those things we'll just have to sit back and wait. Uh, Flex, do you think there's any chance he falls to 10? No way. No way. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's why the Phoenix Suns won't take him. I, don't, I think Gamble – I mean, Gamble's right. They won't take him, but I don't think it's because they won't take – I think they, they realize they have no shot to take this kid. There's no way he slips down to 10. Um, so, yeah, of course, they, they won't take him. But um, if he – believe me, I, I, I think it would be hard to pass if that kid's at 10. I, I'd be super shocked if, if the Suns didn't pull the trigger. 
Yeah. Well, John, our, do you want to go? I want your um, take on some of these guys, dude. Nah, I get, I get it. Not, I, said, like I, I said he's really good. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm having a blast, yeah. man. I don't, I don't, I'm not talking as much this time. I get you. I get to hear both of your guys' takes, and then I go, yeah, yeah, that one. I like that one. They're both good. All right. So how about this guy? You know, right now we're kind of going through the big names that everybody knows. And this is a guy that a lot of people uh, locally are really big on. Um, it's Tyrese Halliburton, man. Uh, Flex, what do you think about Tyrese Halliburton? You know, I know he broke his wrist uh, in his sophomore year, so he kind of fell off a little bit. But I think that his talent alone has propelled him to the point where he's somebody who is definitely uh, going to be a, a lottery pick. Do you think he falls to Suns? And do you like him? Uh, I don't think he falls to the Suns, but I absolutely love Tyrese Halliburton, man. I think he is an nice. absolute stud. Um, and I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I was fascinating about this kid's game is that, you know, I'm, I'm a student of the game, man. I'm, uh, man. I'm a basketball purist, man. So That's why you're here. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. So Tyrese Halliburton, man, when I watch this kid, and, and again, don't, over, don't overreact to the comps, okay? Um, I, I just, you know, I, when I see something, I just throw it out there, man, and there's times I look at Tyrese Hilliburton and he reminds me a hell of a lot of young Jason Kidd. Um, he wow. just he just does. And I think he's got a way better jump shot at this time in his career than Jason Kidd had. Jason came in with no jump shot. But this kid's got an old soul. This kid plays like an old school basketball player. If I was a fly on the wall when Tyrese Hilliburton is at home with his father or, or, or whoever his trainers are watching tape, he's probably watching Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd tape. He's not watching the new school players. This kid is a north-south dynamo. I mean, he can grab the ball and go north-south uh, as good as anybody in the draft. Now, there's a perception that he doesn't have as much shake to his game, right? that east-west thing, you know, that eight, that ability to separate going east-west. I think that's a little bit um, underrated. I think he, he can do that. Uh, he's just so good going north-south that he hardly ever has to do that. He's a great rebounder, extreme IQ uh, they, they, they complain about his shot, but it goes in. And, and I'm a shot coach, man. I, I work with kids and I'm a big believer in you don't redo the shot. You don't try to break down a kid's shot. You're trying to let him, you know, you take what he's got and you build on that. And, and this kid can shoot the heck out the basketball. He's a great character kid. Um, he's going to defend really well. He's the type of kid that comes in day one and your team is better. Your team is better. Absolutely. So, I think the Phoenix Suns would definitely take Tyrese Halliburton. I just don't think he's going to be there. But if he is there at 10, that's where the situation gets tricky. I think that's where yeah. you start to say, hey, what do we do? You know what I mean? But I, I love him. I love him. I absolutely love him. Matthew? Uh, <laughs> no, basically the same exact thing. I was actually thinking maybe he wouldn't be able to come in and help a team right away. Uh, not like Killian Hayes, but someone that maybe need a year underneath somebody. But is this some guy, I feel like, is he someone that maybe – if the Warriors keep the pick, which I doubt they would, but if they were, would they take someone like Halliburton? Or what do you think? I just want to ask you, what do you think him or Killian Hayes, which one would you take? Would you take Halliburton just because he's ready to go already? Man, that is such a good question, man. Um, again, because I got Killian number one on my board, I'd be I'd be hustling backwards <laughs> if if I said I would take him over Killian, but um I, I will say this, it's, it's very close, man. It's very close. Um, I think it depends on the makeup of your team. You know what I mean? I think there's going to be teams that a guy like Hilliburton could come right in. I mean, Shy Gilgis-Alexander, I'm going to throw a name at yeah. you about, about Hilliburton. 
I mean, I don't know if you guys, you know, Sean Livingston is was always one of my favorite basketball players, man. I mean, listen, I remember Sean Livingston before he had the gruesome knee injury. Mm-hmm. And before that happened, this kid was supposed to be a superstar. Like this kid had all the talent in the world. He hurt his knee, reinvented himself, and won a couple championships and was a big piece in Golden State. Played very well in Brooklyn. Hilleburn's that type of guy. Hilleburn's going to be a 10, 15-year pro, steady Eddie. He's going to come in and play, uh, going to defend, going to be a coach's dream. He's not going to, like, woe you with stats early, but he's just going to be a guy that when you when you insert him in a game, you're not going to take a dip. You're going to look at the plus minus. You're going to say, hey, you know, the, the minutes he played, we, we, we were positive. And he may not score a point in those minutes, you know, but he may, he may dish out three assists. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question, but, um, you know, I, I think it's the fit. If the right team, it depends on the team. I think uh, depending on the team, you can go either way with those two. Very cool. All right. So do we need to even talk about LaMelo ball? I mean, <laughs> do you guys well, want you, to? Well, just like, well, you had Killian Hayes going number one, but LaMelo Ball, like, is he number two? Is he a close one? I mean, I, I like him a lot. I think, of course, playmaking is outstanding. He has to work on his offensive game a little bit. But besides that, he's been playing with grown men, of course, in Australia. I think a tough league. But the biggest thing that's overlooked, I think, is he's a confident guy, of course, unlike I feel like a lot of people are saying, uh, oh, my gosh, what's Lonzo? Isn't as confident as what LaMelo is. But I was also... I also heard too as well that he's a real team player. So he, when he went to Australia, he's someone that actually adjusted to the team, wasn't a showboater, didn't want all the attention. He's just someone that will come in and get to work. And he's going to be someone that will adjust to any team. Of course, he wants to be a starter, I think, when he comes in the league, but he's not going to be the guy to like take all the attention away from the rest of the team, I don't think. No, I, I agree. Uh, Melo, he, LaMelo's number two on my board. Okay. He's oh, very cool. Board. Good. Okay. That, that, that kid's got talent, man. Listen, I'm going to tell you what the problem is with LaMelo. It's between the ears. You know, can he tune the stuff out? Can he be, uh, can he not be Lonzo Ball? Can he tune the things yes. out, all the distractions, all the sideshows? Can he just stay within himself and, and just play his game? Uh, I know people that saw him firsthand in a gym, um, you know, in, in California when he was 16 years old. They called me up and said, Flex, man, this kid is dominating pros at 16. Um, you know, now, again, I take it with a grain of salt. We're talking about Drew League games and, you know, stuff like that. But um, this kid has a, a ton of talent. I'll throw two names at you. And this is my this is my LaMelo Ball enigma. OK, I watched tape of this kid. I, I, I mean, I've studied this kid as much as any kid on this board. And there's days that I see Penny Hardaway. In. I really do. I see a young Penny. Oh, Hardaway. Yeah. I mean, lanky guy that could play the one and the two can shoot the ball can get to the rim. He he worked really, really, he, he worked really hard on his athleticism. He's a lot more explosive than he was. Um, he's played with pros. He's just got, he's got a lot of things in his bag. He's extremely savvy. Um, and so I think, I think if you're looking at a ceiling, you're talking about an NBA multiple time all-star that can, that can be an absolute stud. I mean, I'm not talking about Penny Hardaway with the Suns. I'm talking about Orlando Magic Shaq Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and he reminds me a lot of Penny Hardaway, but then I, I'll give you the other, I'll give you the floor. Uh, there's days that I see him just not, he checks out and he just disappears on tape. And, and there's days that I'm like, holy crap, is this Michael Carter Williams again? <laughs> you know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, it's just the, the fluctuation is what bothers me. There's days that I look at tape and I think he's going to be phenomenal. And there's days I look at tape and say, hey, we could be looking at Lonzo Ball 2.0. It's just, 
you know, if, if he gets between the ears and things don't work out, I know he didn't interview well, guys. I, I know this emphatically. I know people close to the situation that said there's a lot of teams that were very turned off by the way he interviewed. And, and that means something. That's, that's, that's very important when you're talking about some of these draft prospects. So that's why I stand on LaMelo, man. But if he hits where he's supposed to hit, I think he's going to be a star. Well, I, I think we can all agree there's no shot he ends up on the Phoenix Suns. You know, interviewing well or not interviewing well, I think the talent alone is going to get him in, in the top five. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just but but it, it is interesting to hear your your take on him, Flex. Now, now's where we get interesting as we talk about the guards. You know, now we're talking about some of the mid level guys, some of the guys who might be in the lottery, might not be in the lottery, but definitely have a lot of Suns fans interested in kind of who they are. And this is where you start to see some battle lines drawn on Twitter. You know, are you a Kyra Lewis guy? Are you a Tyra Terry guy? You know, what do you think of Tyrese Maxey? So, I mean, so let's get uh, your guys' uh, opinion on some of these guys. I'm gonna start with. The kid from Stanford, that's Tyrell Terry. Uh, Matthew, what do you think about Tyrell Terry? Well, John, I think he's actually – I'm just going – but no, he – so the thing is with him, he's improved so much, of course, over the pandemic. I think he's it to his ability to really – I guess he gained 15 pounds. He was 155. Someone, Yeah, he was 155. He's up to 170 now. Um, if you read the KOC article with the interview mm-hmm. – they went over just what the th- the things that he's trying to improve on. I feel like it's a lot that he has to improve on to really get to an elite level. Uh, this is a perfect example of someone like I feel like we keep I keep saying this someone to sit behind somebody, and I think he's going right now number nineteen in a mock draft with the Nets, which I think would be perfect but behind Kyrie Irving and one of his idols and Steve Nash, who he's been watching since I guess he's been nine years old. So that's great, but he could shoot the three. He's working on his step back. It's not as, as good as it should be. But besides that, um, he has a lot to work on. But I think that just his three-point shooting alone is great. Um, him actually being a gym rat is huge. I think mm-hmm. that's really massive. For a lot of guys, I feel like going to the pandemic, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they didn't use, use it to their advantage to get over the hump. But he really did. He wasn't really thought of like as a top 10, top 15 pick. He might be now for some teams. Uh, to, to develop him, I would say, but I like him. I don't, I don't know if the Suns. Gamble would say whether or not Tyrell Terry would be a pick for the Suns. I'm not sure. I didn't hear anything about. Yeah, that, I don't but... think he actually brought up his name. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure the people so... watching can check Twitter real quick and let us know. But I don't remember his name actually being brought up as one of the ones who was a yay or a nay. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I, I think he's great, but I just, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I mean, what do you think, Flex? Is this a guy you think that we can get and learn behind Chris Paul? Sorry, my voice cracked. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey man, listen, I absolutely love Tyrell Terry, man. I absolutely love yeah. Tyrell. So let me tell you something about this kid. First of all, uh, this kid, this kid's a winner. He's a gym rat. This kid, uh, his freshman year of high school, won a national and ch- won a state championship. As a sophomore, he won a state championship. As a junior, he didn't win. He, he lost in the state championship game. And then took his team as a senior to another state championship. So you're talking about three state championships in high school, four state championship appearances. Okay. This kid could have went to a bunch of other schools, chose Stanford because obviously uh, he's a, he's a, he's a genius probably, but yeah. uh, I, I tell you what, he's super smart IQ off the charts. Um, I know he took that IQ test at the combine and scored higher than anyone, any documented uh, uh, player ever, ever scored on that test. Okay, so he killed the IQ test. Um, I'm going to say something. Uh, I got him 12 on my board. Okay. okay. I have him 12 on my board. 
Um, I think he'd be phenomenal with the Phoenix Suns. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something ahead of time, and if I'm wrong, I'll get back on this show and say I was absolutely wrong. Okay. All right. But just remember, I said this. I believe Tyrell Terry is the Tyler Hero of this draft, and I don't mean oh. playing style. I mean impact. I mean the guy that you're gonna look back and say, "How the heck did we miss on that kid?" Um, I, I think he's that good. Um, when, when you when you when you play the way he plays, he's so cerebral. Um, he's got a heck of a jump shot. He's working on his athleticism. He's legit six three with shoes. Uh, he put on fifteen pounds. Um, and and the Steve Nash thing is super intriguing, guys. I'm not saying he's Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is is that um, he's cut from that cloth. You know, Steve Nash was a guy that wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. Had to go to Santa Clara um, and had to learn on the Jason Kidd and Kevin Johnson, right? And, and had to get shipped out and, and get his own path before he took that step. But this is – he's that – I believe he's that type of talent, man. This, this kid's going to be very good. And me just being a basketball player and being around the game my whole life, I just got a certain thing for guys that get it between the ears, that, that can pick up a playbook really quick, that can get down and, and say, okay, this is what the coaches want. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to execute it. And I'm not going to make too many mental mistakes. A lot of times these young guys, what kills them is mental mistakes. A la Josh, Josh Jackson, all the mm-hmm. talent in the world just can't, just can't put everything together. Um, so I, I love this kid. I'm, I'm a big fan, 12 on my board, and I think he could be a steal of the draft. Cool. Fantastic. And then I know that, you know, like I said, some of the battle lines are drawn on Twitter. You know, you, you look in the chat, Steve Holler really liked Terry, Suns Geek, Tyrell Terry, uh, uh, Tyrell Terry elite shooter. Uh, thanks to Daniel Duarte for a check-in. Nope, Gambo did not name him. And he knows that he can F and shoot, so he'd fit in great with the Suns. And all these are correct. You know, I think that Tyrell Terry is right. somebody who, as time has progressed, and, and the thing for me that I love to hear is the gym rat thing. I love to hear when guys are students of the game and gym rats. I always feel like it's the guy, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier where, you know, you look at Anthony Edwards, he's a guy who's got all the hype. And with a lot of hype, sometimes you, you lose the dedication, you lose the hunger, you know, you, you see the paycheck in front of you. And I, I feel bad for a lot of these guys because their paycheck was supposed to be quite some time ago. And then the pandemic hit and it's just been kind of drawn out. So they're sitting there, you know, focusing on that paycheck. But as I've even been watching a lot of these different previews uh, of these prospects on uh, NBA TVs doing them right now, and Tyra Terry yeah. is one of those guys who, they, I mean, they just they talk about how much how cerebral he is. And I think that we all agree we absolutely love cerebral players. Now, the other guy, you know, there, there's really two guys, but, you know, that Suns fans are kind of falling in love with. If they keep the number one pick, a lot of different mock drafts have us actually taking Kyra Lewis Jr. from Alabama. What do you think of this guy, Flex? <laughs> I, I don't want to keep being repetitive, but when, <laughs> when I when I talked early, I said there was about four or five guys I absolutely love. Yeah. He's one of them. Yeah. I absolutely love Kyra Lewis Jr. This is why I keep saying this draft is a unique draft. I believe the guys in the later rounds are, are much better than the guys that are projected to go up at the, at the top. Kyra Lewis, man, um, this kid gets it. This kid has the if factor. This kid is a dog. And when I say dog, you can't, that's something you can't teach, man. When you got a kid that just has that dog and just wants to win. Uh, it's like I, CP3. It's like CP3, man. And and listen, he's another guy, North South. He's the quickest guy in the draft. Yes. By far the fastest point guard in the draft. He can shoot the heck out of the ball. Um, uh, he, he, you know, he can shoot from the line, very cerebral, can pass the ball, can defend. 
Uh, I'm gonna throw a name. I'm gonna throw two guys at you. Uh, with less athleticism, you might me De'Aaron Fox. With less athleticism, yep. not gonna be as explosive, but he's gonna get to the rim. And I'm gonna throw an old school guy because I'm I'm an old school guy, and I and I like to look at tape, and I don't just settle for you know the recency bias. But there was a guy in the NBA that led the league in the paint. He led the league in points in the paint multiple years as a point guard, in a, in an era where where big men dominated. And his name is Tony Parker. Okay. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. This kid, this kid, Kyra Lewis can get to the paint at will. His floater's impeccable. He can shoot a floater from the free throw line, guys. I mean, this this kid is really good. And this is the guy that if I can get my hands on, I would be. I I'd call the commissioner five minutes early and not let him trip up backstage and miss this pick. Like this is. Hey, it's all virtual this year. It's great. Right. Right. <laughs> you can't trip. Right. You can't uh, Kyra Lewis, man, I'm a big fan. He's got a little bit of he, he reminds me sometimes of John Moran again, less athleticism, but he does those type of things. And I couldn't think of a better prospect to learn on the board in that kid. So, huge Kyra Lewis fan. And, and to just make things clear, I have him seven on my board. Okay, okay, Matthew, what are you thinking yes. of Kyra? No, you hit you hit the nail on the head there because honestly. I thought about Tony Parker too as well when I'm watching him because of that floater. Like when I think of a floater, I think of stupid Tony Parker making those stupid floaters over the Suns for so many years. Drives me nuts, but he already has that coming into the NBA, which is great. I mean, his weight, he's a little bit smaller, of course. I think a lot of these guys are coming into the NBA, but he's just, he can't really finish through contact, which is great because he has like the off shot, the shot, the floater, which is perfect, man. And his potential really on pick and roll is great. Super quick, like you said. I think that he has a way to like get in and out or to actually maneuver his way around defenders, even on a fast break. Like he has a Euro step too as well. But just the way he can run a fast break to finish a pass, I, I think he really kind of pushes, he kind of passes it um, to the point where he'll force it. But in the NBA, of course, you can't do that because they'll lead to turnovers, which it did in college too as well. But he'll he'll fix that, I think. But this mm -hmm. this is the guy I heard of. I'm like, who the hell is he? And I watch him. I'm like, okay, that's him. If he's there at number 10, unless like Obi Toppin's there, this is the guy I want to get to as well. I mean, I think there's a lot of Tony Parker, maybe a little bit more quicker, but I think this guy's fantastic, man. Well, see, this is where I have to be that guy, okay? Uh, I like Kyra Lewis. I really do. I like speed. Who doesn't like speed? Uh, I will confirm you know, Duarte, let us know. This is one of Gambo's notes. Oh, do I know you guys love him so much. <laughs> the, the one thing I noticed about Kyra Lewis is I think that he's going to have a hard time finishing the NBA through contact. He's somebody that, due to his quickness uh, playing in the SEC, he had the ability to get to the rim almost at will, so he didn't really have a lot of contested shots. Now, granted, he has a nice floater, which will play well in the NBA, but it's something that's going to take some time to learn what to do with his speed. Because guess what? That speed... You know, when, you, when you're playing against Florida and they got some, you know, center there who's not going to be in the pros, you're, you're not going to have a problem making that layup. But if you're going up, you know, against somebody in the NBA and you and you got Anthony Davis out there, guess what? He's longer, he's quicker, he's faster. He's swatting that shit into the, you know, third row of some empty seats. So that was my one takeaway when I watched Kyra Lewis is I like his speed, I like his athleticism, but I don't know how well it's going to translate due to his size. Now, granted, you know, like everybody in the draft, you got to give him a couple of years. He can bulk up a little bit and he could, you know, finish through contact better. But that was my one takeaway when I looked at him play. 
Yeah, not a bad yeah. con though to have. Dude. Yeah, that, that's 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 fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got one more guard I want to discuss before we get out of here today, and that is the the one that I know a lot of people have really fallen in love with because I think a lot of us are really falling in love with the idea of falling back in this draft, taking that number ten pick, switching it back, utilizing assets to you know what Flex was saying a little bit earlier, maybe utilizing this asset as part of a C three C. Uh, C3PO, CP3 trade, or or just, you know, having that that player who is going to be beneficial to the Suns and technically costs cost less money. I mean, you drop down to 17, 18, you're costing yourself less money. And that is Desmond Bain from TCU. Now, uh, KOC's big board, which is where I grabbed a lot of stuff, has him classified as a wing, but he's a shooting guard. He's a six foot six uh, shooting guard. Um, what do you think of him? Let's go with Matthew. I'll start with you this time. Well, I love him. I think the first time I really watched him and even heard about him, I thought he was amazing, especially if they're going to trade back. It's someone that you can definitely take to have the backup role. Uh, shooting 44% from three, of course, which is fantastic. But he has a way – his spacing is not as good um, from like if you're if he's shooting mid-level. But I think he can, he can space out enough to have the step back or even go right to left to get his three off, which is fantastic. But he's a big dude, and his high IQ – which I feel like a lot of these guys have that in this draft, just a high IQ on the defensive end, but also offensive end. Um, and he's huge. And maybe he's some guy too that can play the two guard. Like he said, he's, it says he's a wing, but I really think he's a two guard too as well. But um, this is someone that I would be very happy with as well. If we were to trade back flex, what are you thinking on Desmond Bain? Hey, we, 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 we are in agreement, man. I love Desmond Bain, man. Uh, again, another kid that had to work for everything he got. Uh, wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. He shot 44% from three. He can stroke it. He's a dog on defense. He's a heck of a big kid, 6'6", almost 220. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a comp, and, and I watch a lot of Desmond Bain tape. Listen, if you want a guy if, if in this draft, if you're looking for a guy to be the prototypical Dev, uh, Devin Booker backup, it's, it's Desmond Bain. Absolutely Desmond Bain. And I'll tell you who he reminds me of. Uh, a much better person, much better character, much better teammate. Reminds me of Marcus Smart. Okay. Okay. That's I the, like that. That's the type of guy I think he he's going to become. This guy's going to be a dog on defense. He's going to bring energy. He's going to shoot the three ball. Um, he's going to be a great teammate, great character. Uh, I mean, he just checks all the boxes, man. And I'm absolutely, I, I'm flabbergasted that this kid is is ranked as low as he is on some of these. Yeah. And, and this is, again, this is, this is the, the stigma of this draft. This is, this is, this is what it is. Uh, somebody's going to draft that kid and, and we're going to look back and say, man, how did that kid slip? So if the Suns can drop down a couple spots and, and get that kid, um, you, you, it's a win-win all day. I mean, it, it reminds me of the Cam Johnson situation. A lot of people yes. didn't care much for Cam Johnson. But um, as soon as he started stroking that three ball, everybody fell in love with him. And this is a three ball league. And uh, this kid can do it in spades. I mean, he's just a heck of a basketball player. He's a coach's dream. If, if, if I can coach, give me Desmond Bain. Yeah, Matthew. Yes. Correct. Yep. <laughs> All of what Flex said. Yeah. Is well, I had I had my opinion before, so I don't know if you missed that part. So uh, sorry. The, <laughs> I'm drinking the beers, man. It's how it goes. Well, I, I, is there anyone flex who you feel like we left out as far as guards are concerned? We haven't had a chance to get to wings and bigs. Uh, we do our podcast on Sunday night. Maybe you can come back again on Sunday night and we can discuss the wings and the bigs in this draft Absolutely. and see if there's any CP three uh, updates. So I think that'd be fantastic for 
uh, our listeners. But is there any guards that we missed that you yeah. are keyed in on? And you're like, yo, check this guy out. Garrett Riller. Charles. Okay. I don't have a graphic for him. Absolute stud. Absolute stud. Can't believe that he may go in the second round. This kid is phenomenal. This kid might be the best, the best point guard, best, most ready point guard in the entire draft. Really? Talking about the most wow. ready point guard in the entire draft. Look up his tape. Check him out. Garrett Riller, uh, uh, Charleston, School of Charleston. Okay. The kid tore his ACL early. Uh, had to had to get back on track. Had to get healthy. But I'm talking about a kid that's at a mid-major that people are ignoring. Uh, if you want me to give you a comparison, you know, you're not going to find a better comparison, I think, is, is Fred Van Vliet. He's cut from that cloth. He is, he is a Fred Van Vliet clone, and he's, he's super athletic. He can shoot the heck out of the ball. He's a cerebral basketball player, can pass the ball. He's a winner. Uh, this is a guy that might go in the second round. I'm hearing rumors that he could creep up into the late first round. But uh, keep your eye on Garrett Riller. I'm, I'm fascinated and in love with that guy. Matter of fact, I want Phoenix to try to get a second-round pick so they can snatch him up because I think that's uh, that will be an amazing right. amazing. Okay. Thing. You have to look him up and watch what the about, tape. What about Nico Mannion or, or uh, Trey Jones? No one knows. Those, those guys fell, man. <laughs> those guys were preseason you know, top guys. You know, Nico Mannion playing for U of A, Trey Jones – uh, playing at over there in Duke, and you know those were preseason. These are the guys everyone's talking about. And as the seasons progressed, man, they just fell off the board. Why is that? Besides the fact they, they suck, they're not ready. They're not ready. Listen, Trey Jones made him say, "Listen, uh, this happens to a lot of Duke guards. You know, they get highly highly recruited coming out of high school, and then they go to Duke and they play on a powerhouse team that's stacked one through twelve. Some of the best, all the best players in the country. The twelfth man can go be the best player on a mid major. Okay." So, so he, he's not ready. He needs to go back to school. He's not ready. Um, you know, he, he's, he's impressive defensively. Um, and that's about the only thing I like about him. He's super athletic. If I had to give you somebody he kind of reminds me of, uh, I, I, can, I can say uh, Gary Trent Jr., but that's being really, really gracious because I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a pretty good basketball player. And they went to the same school. So they kind of remind me of each other, but he's nowhere near Gary Trent offensively. When I say Gary Trent Jr., I mean what he does on the defensive end. He, he's a dog. He's going to he, – you know, think think Javon Carter. Honestly. Okay. Think Javon Carter with more athleticism, and that's okay. You can play in the NBA with that, but I think he needs another year. And then the other guy you mentioned was uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion. Go back to school, brother. He's just not ready. Nico Mannion is just not ready. I'm sorry. I, I spoke to people in Arizona that actually know the kid personally, mm -hmm. and I've had this talk with them, and I'm like, listen, please tell that kid to go back to school. He's not ready. Mm -hmm. um, can I throw two guys real quick, two seconds? Yeah. Guys are, listen, I think Cole Anthony needs to be talked about a little bit. Oh, yeah. Check us out. I got a graphic. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Cole Anthony. Listen, Cole Anthony is 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 he he's a dynamic basketball player. Um, there's there's you know he's going to get a lot of uh, there's a lot of people killing his statistics, but that North Carolina team was atrocious. Okay, and yeah. um and he played he had a torn meniscus throughout the year. He was he was playing hurt. He wasn't healthy. Um, there's a lot of stuff to this kid's game. And there's days I look at this kid and I'm like, man, listen, you, you may be passing up on the next uh, Jamal Murray here. Um, but then there's also days that I look at him and I'm like, is he DJ Augustine? So it's it's one of those things that is kind of like up and down. But I think he's he's somebody that can, uh, if, if everything connects, he's got the pedigree. His dad was in the league. I know he loves the game. He works really hard. 
And I think that he can be a guy that uh, that we're not talking about that uh, could 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 be a really good basketball player. Okay, yeah, I know he's another one of those guys who had a lot of that preseason hype, but unfortunately injuries kind of held him back. Who's uh, who's your second guy? Miles Powell. Miles Powell, Seton Hall University. He's a local kid. Okay. Um, again, yeah, you're probably not gonna have a graphic on him. I don't. We're scrambling over here. Oh, there's boys that don't even have this kid getting drafted. But I tell you what. I saw this kid firsthand uh, for many years, and and this kid is an NBA player. He's an NBA player with NBA scoring ability. Um, I think he's really good. If there's a name, is this guy he, he compares to. Um, and, again, character, throw it out the window. I'm talking about just basketball. Uh, he reminds me of Deion Waiters, uh, a okay. young Deion Waiters, okay? He can score the bucket. This kid is 6'2". He's built like a tank. Uh, you know, reminds me a little bit of like Drew Holiday ish. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can defend ones and twos, but you don't know if he's a one or a two. Um, so that's a little bit of his problem. But um, I, I think you got to watch out for that guy at the end of the second round or a guy that can get signed as an undrafted free agent. I think you'll see that kid popping if you're not going to have a summer league, but he's that type of kid. So keep your eye out on Miles Powell. See All right. I love this, dude. I know some names I never heard of, and I just have more film to watch. I love that's, it. That, that, that's why we got flex on, man. I mean, that's yeah, what it's, exactly that, that, that's what it's about, right there. Is you know, you learn something. So uh, again, you know, uh, we still have to talk about wings and bigs. So flex, if you're gracious enough, maybe we'll get together when we do our Sunday night podcast. Have you back on? Um, can you let everybody? First off, I just want this is proof that you're real, right? For everyone on Twitter, he's right there. Flex is real. Okay, you can see his face. I'm not Gambo's burner account. No, exactly. I, I'm not some guy on Real GM Flex. I'm real. <laughs> so let everyone know where they can follow you and 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 hear your your words of wisdom. Uh, check me out on Twitter at CruzFE13, and check me out and my partner Dan D- Dan Duarte on the Coast to Coast podcast. We appreciate you coming on, Flex. Uh, you know, as for the the Suns Jam Session podcast, remember you can follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voiding. Follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm busy. Uh, my beer's empty. Thank you. Shout out to Four Peaks for hooking me up with this <laughs> beer. I got to run and go get another one. So, you know, everyone have a great night. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Yep. Stay home and love your family. <laughs> Peace.